Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. So lately, I've been preparing a talk, possibly even a podcast, on just culture, or the justness of a culture, I like to call it, and the substitution test, if you guys are familiar with that, in terms of sometimes there's an algorithm for determining culpability, and one of the steps is the substitution test. So basically seeing if anybody else from that same situation, if they would have acted the same, and what the outcome would have been. And so the substitution test, and then also attribution theory, which we talked about in another podcast, where we have the tendency to ascribe blame to the person rather than the situation. So while I'm preparing for this, a case came to mind, and, and many of you may have heard it. It was watched very closely in the medical world. But Nurse Redonda Vaught out of Vanderbilt University, she's a nurse there. And I'm just going to read this straight, but on, on the 24th of December, 2017, a 75-year-old patient was admitted to the hospital for a subdural hematoma. And then two days later, Vaught was instructed to administer Versed. So Versed was this medication because uh, this patient, she had to go into a uh, MRI. And if you're like me, I'm highly claustrophobic. In fact, they'd probably got to knock me out to get me in that. She was supposed to give her Versed, which is a sedating drug. But instead, Vaught administered Vecuronium, if I said that correctly, but which is a paralytic. It's a paralyzing drug. And obviously not good. And the patient ended up passing away. And the result is this case went to trial. Nurse Vaught was convicted of criminally negligent homicide and impaired adult abuse. And she lost her medical license. And she is sentenced to three years probation. This is what's been on my mind. Hey, everybody. This is the Baldwin Safety Chat Podcast. My name is Jason. And so good of you to join me. We talk about everything from safety management to culture, to organizational dynamics, organizational excellence. We just cover it all because we'd like to talk about anything that can help us think and potentially do our jobs as safety professionals a little bit better. Now, you notice in some of these podcasts, we don't talk about risk as much, but we do. I have some podcasts come up on risk and learned a lot about risk and mitigations, but I really like to get into the organizational behavior in the dynamics of an organization because it applies so much to what we do in SMS. The behavior of our workers, the behavior of our leaders matters a lot in what we witness and do in a safety management system. And so this is no different, but like I said, Nurse Vaught was doing the best that she could. I would argue that she did not have a criminal intent. I would argue that she did not mean to kill this patient. But it happened. Now, let me give you some facts around the story. So obviously, nurses, they work long shifts, and that was not unlike her. She's on long shift, very busy, a lot going on. The system is very, I don't want to say chaotic, but it's complex. And it can borderline chaos, especially in the medical or the hospital environment. So you can imagine yourself, you're tired, you're under orders, you have a patient, you're, you're tending to probably a lot of patients because the nurses these days have a lot of patients that they have to tend to probably more than what they really should be doing. And so you have all this going on and you're instructed to get medication. And so she went to the dispensing cabinet and it's this dispensing cabinet that is able to give her, she puts in the drug, 
she puts in the drug's name and it, it would give her the choice and she would tell how much she wants and then the vending machine, I guess you'd call it, gets it out. And, but apparently, and this was well known in the hospital and this was a well known step is that vending machine, that dispensing machine never worked properly. And it was common practice, tribal knowledge, it was common practice to override the machine, which is a control, right? It's a control to make sure you get the right medicine. She overrode that control, typed in VE, and the first thing she saw was the coronium, if I'm saying that right, V-E-C-U-R-O-N-I-U-M, because C becomes before R. So verconium came before Versed, and probably tired, didn't look at it closely. She picked that one, got it, took it, administered it, and the rest is history. Now, I would certainly love to hear all your thoughts on that, but what's the culpability in that? And this was really, really, really a hot topic because of the fact that she also admitted that she gave the wrong medicine. So she self-reported, well, obviously, especially after the, the patient outcome, but she admitted that she gave the wrong medicine and, and therefore lost her license. And then a few years later, they made a criminal charge out of it. And you can read the whole story. It's actually quite devastating. But so the argument goes is that, well, if this was a problem with the system, which when you read through it, it clearly is. It's a problem with the system. It's a problem with the system because one, the working environment, you have all these, you have all these latent conditions going on. You got the working environment, you got stress, the power distance between doctors and nurses, the long hours, the nature of healthcare in general. So you got all this going on and you have a control that isn't working properly that actually hinders an individual's goal to serve the patient. So therefore, it became common practice to sidestep this control and get the medicine. And up until now, nothing happened. So it's just like we see in systems. And it always amazes me that we see all these things going on. We see all these, these near misses. If they're reported, if there was a near miss reported, like somebody grabbed the wrong medication and said, oh, I'm going to put this back and get the right one because I'm tired. And if they would have reported that, they probably would have seen that, okay, yeah, this control is being bypassed quite a bit and we need to do something about it. But as far as I know, nothing was ever reported about this machine. It was just common knowledge among the nurses. You have this case where things continuously, controls are bypassed because they are cumbersome, they are ineffective, and they are just plain dumb in some cases. And you have to wonder then, okay, well, if we're sidestepping it and the control is there, despite the fact that maybe it's cumbersome, confusing, dumb, whatever, it's there to protect against a risk, which in this case, it was there to protect against giving the wrong medicine and somebody dying from it. But what you saw is that you have this really bad control and we see this in our own organizations, people constantly sidestepping it and nothing happens and everything is status quo until something does happen. And then, of course, with that attribution, we want to blame the person. And this case specifically was very closely watched by the medical profession. And when this ruling came down, it was an uproar. They, they were ticked, and rightfully so, because they said not only did she fess up, but she was very cooperative, right? She understood. She told everything. She said the control and whatnot. And they still hung her out to dry. And so now nurses are saying, well, okay, well then forget it. We're not going to report anything. And then there goes our patient safety reporting system, which is devastating because we need that for, for that very reason to hopefully avoid something like this in the first place. And it's sad 
that we have to wait till this catastrophic outcome in order for them to do something. Now, I, I assume or I'm hoping they went and fixed the problem with the dispensing machine or they figured something else out. But it took this, which was probably who knows how many years that they were bypassing this control, it took this event for them to do something. And whether it be because they, the organization, the hospital was negligent or they didn't know because people weren't reporting these close calls which is why reporting culture, a strong reporting culture, a culture of psychological safety is so incredibly important. Getting back to the story here, the medical profession was up and uproar for this. But the question I have to ask, when we look at defenses and death, because that is a, I would say, a critical control, right? So this is a case where this is a control that if not applied correctly or not working, could end up in a catastrophic outcome, right? In this case, a patient's death. So when we talk about defenses in depth, if that is the only control to ensure that the right medicine is dispensed and it was being bypassed, then what you are left with is what really should be the last line of defense is the individual, right? So some argued, well, she, she did that and she got the medicine, but did she bother to look at it, verify it, verify it with somebody else before administering it? Maybe not, because verse is apparently more common, but maybe it didn't even dawn on her that she had a paralyzing drug in there and didn't even bother looking at it. But what it did is it put the human as the last line of defense. And we've also seen that in our organizations. There's a lot of times where the pilot, the maintenance individual, or the ground handling specialist are the last line of defense. And that is probably not your best defense. And I say that, me being part of the human club, me saying that because, again, there's a lot that we as humans are susceptible to. Our behaviors, our fatigue levels, our distraction, our ability to be distracted. So there's a lot that we have to be careful of when we look at our controls and see that the human is the last line of defense. And we see that quite a bit. case that comes right off the top of my head, when we look at ACAS or TCAS, and there's a TA. And so the last line of defense, or an RA, in this case, a resolution advisory to climb or to descend, the last line of defense is the pilot. The plane will not, as far as any planes I've flown, will not do it itself it, as the pilot. So there, the pilot is the last line of defense. And I remember when TCAS, and I'm saying this is every organization, but the one I was at, we weren't really trained well on it. We didn't really know what to do when we got this warning, traffic. A lot of times what we would do if, if we got a TA, we would look up, try to find this traffic with our eyes because we're like, wow, should we really go off altitude? Should we really deviate like three, 400 feet like this thing is saying? And so that really weakened that awesome control, which is the TCAS, the Traffic Collision Avoiding System. And it really weakened that because it allowed the pilot then to be the front line or to be the last line of defense. Now, obviously, training has improved that defense, and I think today it's really a no-brainer. You get a climb, and they do. They put the needle in the green arc, and off they go, and they say that they responded to a TA, and everybody's happy and whatnot. But it wasn't like that when it first came out. So it's that case in this situation with Nurse Vaught. That control failed. But let's take the inverse. Let's say it worked. Then you have to ask the question, well, would she still looked at the bottle? So had they become so desensitized to assume that the machine is right, even though they're bypassing it, or when even does that, they don't even look at the bottle. So that's another question. So this case becomes very complicated in a sense. But 
what happened though, again, is that the control failed and it let Nurse Vought be the last line of defense, be the last control. And if you imagine the long shifts, probably tired, probably hurried, probably many patients, you can see how that control can fail. Now, I am not excusing the behavior at all, and I don't want you to think that. All I'm doing is say an example of why the human being the last line of defense is probably not always the best option, and many times we are. So I guess my call to you, and I'll try to wrap this up, but I think my call to you is look at our organization, we look at the mitigations we have in place. I, my call to you is to find those, those critical controls, the ones that control the difference between a positive outcome or a catastrophic outcome, like ground prox warning, TCAS, second set of eyes on a maintenance procedure. When we look at those controls, and those are the critical ones that prevent risk from, or prevent the hazard moving into risk or triggering the risk, we say, okay, do we have any other defenses that we can put in there so that we don't leave the human as a last line of defense. And if we are going to leave the human as a last line of defense, they've got to be prepared to be the last line of defense. And they need to understand if that critical control fails and you are the last line of defense, this is what you need to do. And this is how you shall respond. And in the case of the TCAS, if, if we were trained properly, that wouldn't have been an issue. We got a TCAS RA, we do the avoidance maneuver and no questions asked about it. But with all the ambiguity, not certain, we were a very poor last line of defense. And as it turned out, we never smacked another airplane, thank goodness. But we basically eroded the effectiveness of that critical control. And when, in this case, with bypassing the control because it was cumbersome and didn't work, and you put it into the hands of a tired nurse who was probably hurried and rushed, then that also eroded that critical control and put her as a last line of defense. So that's all I really got to say about that. But just something that maybe we can think about when we're looking at how we're mitigating risk and try to understand that, okay, do we have enough depth here so that the, the system can fail safely without relying on the human being for it to fail safely? Or do we need to put another line of defense in there? So something to think about. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We'd love for you to go read about the cases, Tennessee versus Vought, but Redonda Vought happened in 2017, but the case came out in 2022 is when she was charged. So it wasn't really that long ago. And like I said, it created a little bit of a stir in the medical community. So if you're ever looking at something, a good case study on the justness and how we determine culpability or how culpability can be determined and the whole attribution theory and blaming somebody, this is really a good one. This is really a good case. So I encourage you to go read it, but I would love to hear what you think. I'd love to hear what you think in general about the podcast. If you hate it, let me know. We can do something to improve. We're always here to improve. If you love it, let us know too and how we can still improve on that and how we can do more of the things you love. And if you like it, there's a like button down there. Go ahead and give that just a little click. And if you don't like it, don't feel obligated to. But if you want to hear or talk about anything on the podcast, just please drop me a line or call me. I'm very open. Just would love to hear your thoughts. Most importantly, we want to serve you. We want to serve you with these podcasts. We want to help all of us just do a little bit better and continuously improve. I thank you guys for what you do. You're out there. You're on the front lines. You're trying to save lives. Really appreciate that. Love you guys. And until we talk the next time, stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. 
Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit BaldwinSMS.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.